It's not just getting tongue-tied tonight. It's not putting the microphone on. There we go. our worship of the Lord by turning in our hymnals to the Psalm 90, uh, the Psalm 90, Psalm 90a, the section of Psalms at the back of the hymnal, Psalm 90a, Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in generations all before Thou ever hadst brought forth the mountains great or small. The Psalm 90a, and we'll stand as we worship, please. be seated. And we're going to turn in the Word of God this evening to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. (coughs) And we'll read together the first eight verses. And there is a reminder here that there is a time appointed for everything that we do on the earth. The Lord has appointed these times And we'll read from verse 1, to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. 
a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Amen. And may the Lord bless the reading of his precious and infallible truth this evening. Let us unite together in prayer as we come to meet with our Lord and our Savior, and let us seek his face and seek his help tonight, and let us pray unto him. Our eternal God and our loving Father in heaven, we rejoice tonight that we can enter thy presence, that we can lift our voices to thee, and rejoice in how good and how great our God is. And Father, tonight we thank Thee <coughs> that we can indeed sing Thy praises, and we can rejoice in Thee and rejoice in Thy so great salvation. We thank Thee that Thou art a God who is on the throne, and though man seeks to go his own way, man seeks to rebel against Thee, uh, we rejoice, O oh God, that that throne is still uh, the throne of our God, and Thou cannot uh, be cast from it. And Lord, we rejoice as we have been reminded that uh, there is a time to everything under the heavens, a time that has been set uh, for all things by our sovereign God. We realize, Father, there was a time for us to be born. And as thy truth has indicated to us this evening, as thy truth has led it down before us, there is a time to die, a time when we will leave this world, a time if we are to consider other passages in thy word, a time in which we will spend in eternity, a time when we will be judged, a time when we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And Lord, we pray this evening that the time that we spend here upon earth would be a valuable time, a time of proper preparation for that great season of eternity, a season that will never end. And we rejoice as we look forward to the ending of time and spending eternity with Thee as thy people. And Father, we realize that there are those within our congregation who have not prepared for eternity, whose souls are not right with thee. And Lord, we lay their needs before thee this evening, and we do beseech thee that <coughs> thou would be pleased to move in their hearts, convict them of sin, draw them to the Savior. Lord, we do remember those who have loved ones in their families outside of Christ. Remember the families in our congregation. Remember, Father, each one who has unsaved loved ones. Lord, move within their hearts, we pray. Draw them to the Savior. We thank Thee for the gospel witness uh, that there is in the homes associated with us here. And we pray that Thou would continue to encourage that gospel witness. 
and to use that gospel witness to plant the seeds of the gospel. And Lord, draw souls to Thee, we pray. We do remember our area. Remember the city in which we live. Remember, Father, this whole area of the lower mainland here in British Columbia. And we lay the need before Thee of salvation and of the need for sinners to turn from sin and look to the Savior. And Lord, we beseech Thee that Thou would move, that Thou would save, and that as Thy Word goes forth here and uh, through the radio ministry and through other uh, churches that preach the true gospel of Christ, uh, that Thou would draw souls to Thyself, that Thou would save and redeem. And may uh, we know and rejoice in revival power. Lord, we look to Thee that Thou would bless our sister churches. We think, Lord, of the works uh, here in B.C. as well. We think of Penticton and our brother, the Reverend Foster. Think of Williams Lake and Prince George and the Reverend Simpson. Think of Calgary, the need of a pastor there. The works in Ontario. Remember the work, Lord, in New Brunswick. And uh, we pray that Thou would bless each of these churches in their own local areas and Bless us as a denomination as we seek to go forward for Thee. Remember, Father, our sister congregations south of the border as well and uh, across the United States and into Mexico. Remember, Father, our mission works as well. And uh, we do remember uh, the work there in the Czech Republic and in Jamaica. Remember the works in Mexico and the Dominican Republic. And remember our brother Lord in Liberia as well. And we pray that Thou would uh, bless each one. Bless thy work, and Father, may uh, thy work go forward uh, for uh, thy glory. Lord, bless in the saving of souls. Bless in the edification of thy people. Forgive us for our sins, that we would uh, look to thee and live lives that are righteous in this evil and wicked generation. Lord, give us that strength we need to hold high the glorious banner of the cross of Christ and uh, to present the gospel to all that we have opportunity uh, to speak to. Father, bless us here. Bless our session. Bless our deacons. Uh, we think, Father, of the qualifications we've dealt with over the last number of Lord's Days. Uh, we thank Thee for godly men in leadership within our congregation. We pray for Thy grace and for Thy Spirit uh, that this would continue. And we pray that Thou would keep us all, and not only the office bearers of this congregation, but every believer. Lord, keep us close to Thyself, uh, that we would not sin against Thee, uh, but that Thy Word would be hid uh, within our hearts. Lord, bless us. Uh, do us good as we come and worship Thee afresh this night. May Thy Word have free course and be glorified here amongst us. And we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. And turning again in our hymnals to hymn number 34, the hymn 34, there is an aim I love to hear, I love to sing its worth, it sounds like music in mine ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. The hymn 34, let us stand and sing to the Lord, please. <coughs>
may be seated. Turning this evening in the Word of God to Ephesians chapter 5, the epistle of Paul to the Ephesians, to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll read together the first 21 verses. And the apostle here is dealing with the need to live for the Lord, to walk in His ways. And then he deals a little later on with the husband and the wife and Christ as being the head of the church. And of course, the direction to wives to submit to their husbands and husbands to love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll commence at verse 1. The Word of God says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, and neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather approve them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless His Word for His name's sake this evening, and certainly we'll end there at verse 21, but the rest of that chapter is a great chapter regarding the husband and the wife and the church of Christ, as we've said. And certainly uh, it would uh, be a good thing uh, to, for you to read that uh, later on at home uh, to consider 
uh, what uh, the apostle is saying. And I'm to look at these uh, passages uh, shortly. I'm preaching at a wedding. I think it's I think it's next week. And uh, well, we never know. We might come and consider this on the Lord's Day as well, this particular passage. We'll see where the Lord leads. But tonight, uh, we're in uh, Ephesians 5, and we trust the Lord uh, will bless uh, the reading of His Word uh, to us. We do welcome each one again in the Savior's name, those watching online, uh, trusting the Lord's blessing uh, to be upon us as we gather together and as we worship our Lord do you remember the Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study held in the prayer room downstairs at 7.30 p.m.? It's on Zoom as well. And so if you want to join and you don't get the email with the link, uh, do let me know and we can add you to that list. On Saturday the 17th, this Saturday coming at 8 a.m., we have our men's breakfast. And so we encourage the men of the congregation to come along and to have fellowship with us. Uh, we have a special speaker, uh, the Reverend Andrew Simpson, uh, is down in the area from Prince George, and he is able to come, and we're getting him up out of bed early on Saturday morning uh, to come and to speak and bring a short devotional at that men's breakfast. And so we're looking uh, forward to that breakfast and for fellowship with our brother, and we do encourage you uh, to come along and have some time with us. On Sunday the 10th of March, uh, after the evening service, so around 720 uh, we have arranged a baptismal service. A young man in our congregation, Cole, is uh, getting baptized. And as a congregation, we're encouraged uh, by that. And do pray for him as he comes and as uh, he publicly stands with Christ and is baptized. If you are interested in baptism, if you've never been baptized, uh, then do speak to us. Uh, the service has been arranged um, but, of course, if there are others who are baptized as well, uh, well we can talk to you about that. And uh, there is that service that has already been arranged as well. On Friday the 29th of March, uh, it is Good Friday. We have our Good Friday service uh, followed uh, by food downstairs. So uh, do remember that. 4 p.m. is the commencement of the service. And then just after 5, we'll go downstairs and have some food together. And so this is, I think, a return to what used to take place in the days uh, before COVID. And so do remember that, and we'll announce that again in due course. We're seeking volunteers to help with the weekly uh, vacuuming in the curve, the upstairs carpet uh, that, as you know, has been replaced. Uh, there's a list of dates. There's a clipboard in the entrance hall. So there's the table. To the left of the table, there's two clipboards. The top clipboard has uh, details of a cleaning rota each week, uh, I think till maybe September is on there, uh, Monday to Saturday, and uh, we're asking if uh, there are those within the congregation who feel able to come and to uh, just spend a little time vacuuming the carpet, uh, checking that it's clean, and uh, that can happen, I think, any time, Monday through Saturday, after the previous service and before the next Lord's Day. And so we do have a look at that list. If you can help uh, once or twice or more than that, then uh, we do encourage you to do so. And please liaise with our brother Charlie. He can help you uh, regarding the access to the building. And uh, we can uh, grant you access uh, to uh, vacuum and clean uh, the carpet whenever suits. The Western Canada Family Conference, there are leaflets on uh, the table in the hall for this. It's planned 
uh, from August the 30th to September the 1st, the Labor Day weekend, and it is a joint venture between our congregation and the congregation in Prince George, and of course Williams Lake as well. It is the venue uh, for the conference, and we're asking if you, uh, if you're looking to come and are able to come to email uh, the email address that is on uh, the uh, that is on uh, the leaflet. I think maybe it might be good to have a list here, and maybe you can put your name on that. We'll look at that for next Lord's Day, and you could add your name to that, and so I can just email the list through to the Reverend Simpson uh, after a specific date, uh, so he knows the rough numbers. And that is in regard to catering, etc. The church will be taking care of some of the catering arrangements, and so we need to know how many come, and if only 20 come, uh, or 20 say they're coming and 100 show up, uh, we have a problem, as I said this morning, and so it would be good to know if you're coming and how many are coming with you, and we can then uh, cater uh, to that particular number. So do, uh, do remember that, and uh, do pray about that conference. The Lord would bless, and if you're not thinking of attending, reconsider, and uh, do come and spend time. The Reverend uh, John Wagner will be preaching at that, and the information is on the leaflet. These are all the announcements, the subject to the will of God, and we're going to turn in our hymnals to the hymn 224. The 224, I love thy kingdom, Lord, the house of thine abode. 224 will remain seated while our tithes for the Lord's work are received. pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight as we gather to worship our Savior. We pray, Lord, that you be with us. Thank you, Lord, for the tithes and the offerings. May it be used uh, to expand your kingdom. And uh, bless us now, Lord, as we listen to your word. Bless our pastor and help him to deliver the message you want us to hear. In Jesus' name. Let's change our positions and stand for the remainder of this hymn uh, from verse 3 to the end, please.
may be seated. And we're turning again in the Scriptures tonight to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll read verse 15 and 16. Verse 16 is where our emphasis is tonight. And the Word of God says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil evil. Let us unite together in prayer and seek the Lord as we come to the preaching of His precious Word. Let us pray. Father and our God, we thank Thee that we are found again with Thy Word open before us. We pray, Father, as we come now to preach Thy truth, that Thou would be with us, Thou would teach us, that Thou would instruct us, that we would know the outpouring of thy spirit here upon the preaching of thy word. Lord, teach us. This is a subject, a topic that affects every one of us. Some of us have plenty of time remaining in this world. Some of us, perhaps, and I will, not so much. And Lord, we pray that each one of us would give due diligence to this subject, whether we be older in years we understand more about the shortness of time, whether we be young in years and we think we have so much time, Lord, we pray that we would have our hearts directed toward Thee. Thou would teach us and instruct us how best to use our time for the honor and glory of Thy name. Lord, bless us, speak to our hearts, speak to those outside of the kingdom of God, and work tonight, we pray, we ask for Christ's sake. Amen. <coughs> Amen. There is a great value placed upon certain commodities in life. There are things that are precious, such as gold and oil and money and even bread or what bread represents, food and nutrition for us. However, time is most certainly reckoned as perhaps the most precious commodity and the greatest mercy uh, that we have in this life. Time is something that once it passes us by, we can never get it again. Time is something that once it passes us by, we can never get it again. And we can understand that. Time passes and it is gone. I will not have another opportunity to introduce this sermon again because it's been done. It's gone. It's gone. And so we are reminded of the significance of time and of times within our lives. We can think of the Lord's setting of all time in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. How the Lord has times and seasons for everything within our lives. And time is precious to us because it is very short, and because we are uncertain as to its continuance. James 4 reminds us, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? 
It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Time is short. And as the steam rises, if you boil a pan of water or you look at the kettle and it's boiling and that vapor comes into the air and you follow it and you track it with your eye, it disappears. It's present just for a short time. And those who are older in years perhaps understand more and more of what the Word of God is teaching here. Life is short. You look back 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you wonder what has happened. Time has moved so quickly, so quickly. I used to think when I woke up as a teenager, well, I've all day, it's the summer holidays, getting up at seven. I've all day to do things and to do the things that I want to do. And time seemed almost to to drag. There was so much time. And now I wake up and I go about my business of the day and things that need to be done. And I look at my watch and it's 3 p.m. And I wonder, where's the day gone? It just disappeared. Time has moved so fast. And there are those here who will understand that with the years that we live. Perhaps those who are younger, you maybe think there's all the time in the world. There's plenty of time. You're not even 20 years of age yet, not even 18, and you think there is so much time. But yet, that time will move fastly. It will move quickly. It appears for a moment, our lives, and then it vanishes away. Jonathan Edwards was a famous American pastor and theologian. I remember 23 years ago, uh, to my shame, despite uh, having read uh, a number of books and having uh, a great knowledge of Christian history at that point in time. I remember 23 years ago that I never heard of Jonathan Edwards. I was at a conference, and I heard uh, Ian Paisley publicly greeting a child. Uh, there was a presentation of medals for competition at the conference, and the father of this child was there, and Dr. Paisley made a big deal about the name of this child being Jonathan. Jonathan Edwards. And I wondered and I thought, I didn't know that Dr. Paisley was such a big fan of Olympic sport. There was a successful British triple jumper who had just won uh, the gold in the Sydney Olympics the year previous. His name was Jonathan Edwards. And I thought, why the big deal about a triple jumper? That might have been Dr. Paisley's favorite sport, sport I thought. And I soon realized that Jonathan Edwards was, wasn't only just a, trimple, a triple jumper. He was one of the most influential American theologians in history. And that's what Dr. Paisley was getting at. He had a great name because it was the same name as this particular theologian. And he said, we know that time is very short, that our lives are very short, but we know not how short. We know not how little of it remains, whether a year or several years or only a month, a week or a day. We are every day uncertain whether that day will not be the last or whether we are to have the whole day. He knew. He knew the significance of time, the importance of time, the shortness and the uncertainty of time. And the Apostle Paul himself knew and understood how many waste their time without any thought of God any thought of Christ or salvation. And in his epistle here, he is writing to the Ephesian church and he's telling them, use your time wisely. Time is short. Use it wisely. Verse 16, redeeming the time. 
redeeming the time. The Greek word translated redeem here can refer to making a wise use of every opportunity. The word for time is not chronos, which concerns the measurement of time in hours and minutes and seconds, but it is another term, kairos, and that indicates in the original Greek with the emphasis of the definite article, the definite article being the, and so redeeming the time, we have the definite article, and then we have kairos, and that indicates and emphasizes a fixed or measured period of time, a limit. God has fixed our boundaries as to our time on earth. Ecclesiastes 3, there is a time to be born and there is a time to die. And the emphasis that Paul is making is that this is a fixed time. There is a boundary. There is a birth. There is an entrance. An entrance door that you have walked through. There is a path. And now there's an exit door. And you have to go through that exit. There is a time to be born and there is a time to die. And Paul's emphasis is making the best use of that limited time that God has given you on earth. Making the best use of it. And he is pleading with this church to understand there is a limit. We're not here forever. So make good use of that time and use of that limit for when it is gone. When it is gone, it is gone. And the great business of the church and the Lord's people is to use their time wisely and effectively for the Savior. The management of our time in any business is important. So much more so the importance of managing our time for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this redemption of time is something that every believer must be involved in practicing. John Flavel, the Puritan, said, we must understand the study, care, and diligence of Christians at the read of all possible pains at the expense of all earthly pleasures, ease and gratifications of the flesh to rescue their precious seasons, both of salvation and service, out of the hands of temptations which so commonly rob unwary souls of them. He said again that Satan, Satan challenges us for our time. He makes the comparison to explorers as well of long ago who traded silly trinkets for things that were worth much more. Trading silly trinkets for gold and precious stones. Silly trinkets for food. And the native that they traded with knew nothing about such wealth and value. Didn't know the value of the stones or the jewels or the gold. And traded it away for silly trinkets and how true that is today. Dear congregation, how true that is in society. Men will take the greatest gift that God has given, we could say, in regard to the common grace of God, the mercy of God in the sense of time. God has given us life. God has given us years. And they will take that time and they will trade it. What for? Silly trinkets that mean nothing. That mean nothing. Tonight, there is a necessity of redeeming the time spiritually. Redeeming the time regarding salvation. If you're here outside of Christ, you've never repented, you don't have faith in Him, there is a time. A time to be saved. 
there is a limit to your time on earth. Time which you have to repent and trust the Savior. Oh, what of that time? John Flavel, again the Puritan, he wrote a treatise about the soul of man, delving into all the different aspects of the soul of man. A great treatise setting forth what Scripture believes about man's soul and what was his closing message to that treatise. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. And that was viewed by the old Puritan as driving home the application of everything. God has created us. God has given us our souls. God has sent His Son to die for us that we might be saved, that our souls would be redeemed, that we would live for Christ. And what is the great application of all of that? In his mind it was this, to redeem our time for the Savior, the one who gave Himself to redeem our souls, redeeming our time for Him. And so tonight I want us to consider redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. And firstly, I want you to notice with me that redeeming the time concerns a powerful action for God's glory. Redeeming the time concerns a powerful action for God's glory. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, there's a reminder of how every believer should order his life toward the glory of God. That text was taken by the Westminster Divines, and they formulated the foundational question to their shorter catechism. What is man's chief end? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And as that is the great purpose of the Christian, the great purpose of the believer to glorify God in all that he does, how can we do that? Well, we redeem the time. Redeeming the time is a powerful action to enable us to live for God's glory. Making the best of the time that we have for the glory of God. Can we glorify God by wasting our time? Can we glorify God by saying, well, I'm tired today and something more important is on or the Super Bowl is on? Apparently that's on today. I don't know but I know it's on today, or was on, or is on, or will be on, whatever it is. And that's more important to some individuals than the God of heaven. I don't understand that. I'm not a football fan. I prefer some other sports. Even then, uh, the Lord's Day has to come first. But for some, it's football. For some, it's the Super Bowl. I saw a meme one time on Facebook and it was the golden calf of Aaron's time. Israel were dancing around the golden calf, but the golden calf was redesigned to be the trophy for the Super Bowl, and they were dancing around it instead of the golden calf. And the point was that the Super Bowl and football is an idol that comes before God, and so can many other things. So can many other things. And we are to redeem the time. We are to glorify God. Can we glorify God by putting the Super Bowl before Him? Can we glorify God by putting some other activity before Him? Can we glorify God by saying there's something happening today and to me it's more important than His worship. Therefore, it comes first. Or witnessing. 
or living for the Lord. Or maybe there's a sin that is more attractive to you than rejecting that sin and living for the Lord. You can't glorify God by living in that sin. And all these things show time that is wasted for Christ. Time that is wasted for the good of His service. And there's nothing wrong with sports and recreations in that they do not come before the God of heaven. That He comes first. That He has the preeminence. But redeeming the time, making good use of our time, helps us to glorify the God of heaven. And the consideration of this subject tonight, redeeming the time, should by God's grace create within us that deep and fixed consideration of ordering our ways for God's glory. Can we glorify Him by wasting our time on childish pursuits, of failing to attend His house and worship Him, of failing to serve Him? Jonathan Edwards wrote about the preciousness of time. How much more would many men prize their time if they knew that they had but a few months or a few days more to live? Because a man who realizes there's a fixed end, he knows that end is coming. But when that end is there, or the doctor says, that's where the line is. Oh, how he will prize his time. How many in hearing they have not long to live, jet around the world, enjoy their last days. They spend their time wisely getting their affairs in order. Yet this is how a wise man and a believer is always to live in making effective and godly use of his remaining time here on earth. Making godly use. Our time ought to be prized. We're reminded in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7, that time is short. Time is short. Time is very precious, Edward said, because when it is past, it cannot be recovered. Dear believer, is your time here being lived to the glory of God? That is what we must be doing as His people, redeeming the time that it would be used to His glory. And that's a powerful thing, believer, because your time here on this earth, that it would not be wasted away but it would be taken and used for God. How much time do we waste talking about frivolous things, doing frivolous things? How much time we use for man's enjoyment and man's pleasure rather than for God? Oh, how many will say, well, God's had time today already. Now it's time for me and for my pastimes and for my recreations. And it comes before the Lord. It comes before the Lord. Oh, how time can be wasted. I want you to turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25. <clears throat> verse number 8. We have the ten virgins. Wise virgins and foolish virgins, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be none enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. 
and the cry went, you know, Lord, Lord, open the doors. And verse 12, I know you not. And there's a parable here. These young maidens were preparing for the coming of the bridegroom. They had their candles to light the way into the home. Five were wise, five were foolish. The five wise made sure they had enough oil to light the way. The five foolish, they ran out. They were not prepared. And the spiritual lesson is very, very clear. Christ is coming. The Savior is coming again to judge the world. And who is ready? Who is prepared? Those who are wise are prepared. They've trimmed their lamps. They have their oil. They are ready to enter in. But the foolish are not. The foolish are not. They're unprepared. What did they do? They did not use their time wisely. In that waiting period, they did not make sure they were ready. And there's a lesson here for those who are outside of Christ. This time that God has given you. This fixed time on this earth. It's a time of preparation for heaven. It's a time of making sure of your soul's salvation. It's a time to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved. To know that all is well with your soul. Are you using that time wisely? Are you redeeming your time? Making wise use of your time to make sure that when the bridegroom comes, when he calls you, when you reach that limit of time and your path on this earth goes out the exit door, that you're walking into the arms of your Savior because you've redeemed the time, you've made use of the time that He has given you on earth to make sure of your soul's salvation. Oh, that you would. Oh, that you would not waste that time, spend an eternity in God's hell, but you would use that time wisely and spend eternity in the glory, in the presence of Christ. Believer, What about living for God's glory? Redeem the time. Use that time for Him. Live for Him. Serve Him. Witness for Him. Worship Him. Read His Word. Consider the preciousness of time and live for Him. How little, Edward said, is the preciousness of time considered and how little sense of it do the greater part of mankind seem to have. And to how little good purpose do many spend their time. Oh, how easy it is to be taken away with things in this world. That's what the devil seeks to do. Waste our time. Waste our time. That we would not use it wisely. That we would not use it wisely. If you were to work for an employer, going back to Canada Post, we mentioned Canada Post this morning. We'll mention them again tonight, an eight-hour shift. Three sections of mail to deliver, lots of walking to do, lots of parcels. And if I got everything in the truck, it took me two and a half, three hours to do so. I didn't put my time to good use. And then after those three hours, I thought I'm taking a break. And I went to Tim Hortons and I got a coffee and I got a donut. And then I drove to my route and, well, it's a nice little restaurant there. Let's go have some lunch. And I have my lunch, and I look at my phone, and I bring up a game, and I play. Suddenly, five and a half hours are gone. I go, I start the route. 
I do a few streets. I'm starting to get tired. I have no water. I go to the shop. I buy water. I come back. Of about half an hour left, I got to get back to the depot. I go back. Most of the meal's left. If you're a new start, you might get away with that. But if you're experienced well, you have to explain what went wrong. What went wrong? There can be snow. There can be traffic. There can be many things. But if you were to turn around and say, well, I sat in Tim Hortons, and then I sat in McDonald's, and then I went to Burger King, and then I went to get water from the store, and, well, the time just, time just disappeared. Time is short. It, it ran away from me. Well, they're not going to be too happy about it. If you're a new employee and it comes up to your review, that's going to be mentioned. You're paid to go out and to do the work. But imagine that from the spiritual perspective. We're to live for God's glory and redeem the time for Him. And we're sitting about in Tim Hortons, in McDonald's, wherever it might be, doing very, very little for Him. Other things are much more important. Dear believer, redeeming the time is a powerful action to live for God's glory. Do it. Make use of your time for Him. Secondly, and we'll be brief in these last few points, redeeming the time is a powerful duty in walking diligently. A powerful duty in walking diligently. How can we walk diligently? How can we live for the Lord? Well, we redeem the time. I think of the bulletin, it's circumspectly. Uh, we took the, uh, the text there from verse 15, the point from verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. It means diligently, diligently. Walk circumspectly, walk diligently. This is what the believer is to do. They're to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Do you believe you're to walk your Christian life? Not as a fool, but as a wise man. One who makes good use of his time. The fool is belittled and the fool is mocked by society. Perhaps we could say that society encourages the fool as well. I remember a series of television adverts for a chocolate bar many years ago in the United Kingdom. Uh, they centered around a particular individual who was well known for his uh, persona, uh, for his tough guy persona, but he had a soft heart. And uh, he has professed to be a believer in Christ, uh, but he was this tough guy. And these advertisements showed a young man being really a crybaby. And so the young man maybe was tripped on the soccer field and began to cry and roll over. And uh, this man would come and fire chocolate bars at him and tell him to wise up and man up. And one particular one has uh, this man putting his toe in the swimming pool. I'm putting it out again because the pool is so cold. And this guy appears in a helicopter. He's firing these chocolate bars at him. He says, cold water never hurt nobody. It's time to get in the pool. You're going swimming, fool. And so that was the advertisement. That was his catchphrase. Calling those people fools for how they were behaving. And the fool is looked down upon. And the fool is laughed at. But, and Paul is teaching the church here. He's teaching us believers. We're not to be the fool. We're not to live as fools. 
We're to take the opportunity that God has given. We're to take the time that God has given. And we are to live diligently and circumspectly for Him, not as a fool, wasting it. And letting time run away from us and not using it, but taking that time and using it wisely for the Savior. There's a level here of self-examination in this verse and teaching. Paul is saying, see then. Take heed, listen. Do what you can. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. There's to be a self-examination. Do you believe you're to look at yourself? You're to check yourself out. Is there a danger here that Paul implies? The danger of becoming complacent in your Christian walk as time passes by. The edges wear off. Getting tired. Getting discouraged. Not redeeming the time as we ought to redeem. The disciples were urged to watch and pray to continue in that particular work and activity for its spiritual effectiveness. But many today fail to watch and pray. They don't redeem the time. And Satan brings spiritual havoc into the life of the believer. You and I are to walk carefully for the Lord. And Paul tells us that. Walk circumspectly. This is a duty. Redeeming the time is a duty that we would engage in, that we would walk that right path. In Ephesians 5, verse 8, it says, Let, it says, Therefore, this ye know that no whoremonger, or Ephesians 5, verse 8, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. I have the verse in my notes here, and I proceeded to read it from the Bible and got it all wrong. Wasting time. Wasting time. Ephesians 5, verse 8. Walk as children of the light. Do you believe that is the duty of you and I? That is the duty of those within this congregation to walk as children of the light, to walk in the light of Christ. John 1, verses 1 to 14, we read it at the adult Sunday school, speaks about Christ being that light, that light that we're to live for, that light that is shone into our lives. I am the light of the world, the Savior said. We are to live in light of that. We are to live and walk in the light. That is walking circumspectly and redeeming the time is a very important part of that. That we don't live in idleness. That we don't live idly day by day in vanity doing very little. That we not engage in wickedness and waste our time through acts of sin and ill purposes and lose time. That we would not spend so much time in worldly pursuits that we would neglect the importance of our souls and feeding our souls. And we would not lose time in that way. That we would remember that we are accountable to God for our time. Time is given to us by God to use and to use for His glory. That we would consider how much time we have lost in our lives. And that we would diligently seek to put it right. That it would not continue. That it would not continue. That we would consider how time is valued by those who are coming to the end of it. Oh, there are many who are older in life. They wish they had made different decisions. There are those who have been converted to Christ in their latter days. 
And they've testified and said, oh, how I wish I was saved 50 years ago. Why? They could use that time, all those years for Christ. But it was not so. Oh, that they would use that time. We would use that time wisely. Wisely. Those that come to the end of life, they value that time. Because there's so little of it left. Dear believer, oh, that you would value that time. You would value that time. You would use that time to walk circumspectly, glorifying the Lord. And then thirdly and finally, redeeming the time has a powerful motive. Redeeming the time is a powerful motive because of the evil day. And the evil day, as we see in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The evil day is a characteristic of life in every age of world history. Evil. Ephesians 6 reminds us of that. But what a mercy it is in these evil days to have the mercy of the gospel. What a mercy it is in these evil days to have our lives and time given to us through the mercy of the gospel to live for Christ. The days are evil and there is a spiritual battle. It was Napoleon who said that there is in the midst of every great battle a 10 to 15 minute period that is the crucial point. Take that period and you win the battle, lose it, and you will be defeated. And so he pressed upon the soldier the importance of using his time wisely, of redeeming his time in the battle, and how true that is for the people of God, to use the time wisely in the battle against the enemy, for taking a step back for a very short period. Oh, how Satan can tempt us how Satan can work within our lives. We're to make most of all the opportunities because the Lord opposes us. The world opposes Christ and His gospel. And the church at Ephesus knew all about the evil day. They lived in a pagan city where greed and dishonesty and immorality were the ways of daily life. And the church was called to redeem their time in the midst of all of this sin because of that evil day. They were to use their time wisely, not to engage in the sin, but rather to preach Christ, to redeem the time and be a witness for Christ because the day is evil. To be that witness in the evil day for Christ. And dear believer, you and I in this church are called to do the very same, to redeem our time, to live for Christ in the evil day. The martyrs were like that. They gave their lives. The early Christian martyrs, the Reformation martyrs, they redeemed and used their time wisely for the Lord. Robert Murray McShane was like that. He didn't have much time. I remember preaching many years ago. He passed away at the age of 29. I remember preaching many years ago and saying that if I was Robert Murray McShane, I'd have five, six, seven years left to live. Then I realized... Well, he died at the same age that I am. And now I'm a few years older, just a few years older than what he was when he passed away. He had so little time. Scotland, in the city of Dundee, I've been to his church. I went to his grave on one occasion on the day of his passing. I went to the church and viewed uh, the grave and thought about him and his stand for the Lord and how he preached. 
how he preached as a dying man to dying men, how he had a love for souls and a love that men and women in that city would turn to Christ, a love that they would consider eternity. He had that stone set in the graveyard of the church. Eternity was written on it. And every time someone walked into that graveyard, and it's common in the United Kingdom for churches, especially old churches, to have the graveyard attached uh, to the building, the ground of the church. And so as you went into the grounds and you went into the graveyard, you're stepping over that stone. You're stepping over that word eternity, a reminder that death leads to eternity. It's but a step away. Oh, how he stressed the importance of living for Christ and loving Christ in these evil days. The redeeming of the time marks a Christian as a wise man. Tonight, believer, in these evil days, redeem your time for him. Live for him. Proverbs 27 verse 1 tells us, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. There's a danger of procrastination. Leaving it until tomorrow, there's a great spiritual danger in doing that. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I'll leave salvation, I'll leave Christ till tomorrow. I'll deal with it tomorrow. How often we maybe say that to our spouses, I'll do that tomorrow. And then tomorrow turns into tomorrow again, and so on and so forth. Don't do that with salvation. Redeem the time. Make wise use of the time that God has given. And may you trust Him. May you live for Him. For His name's sake, amen. Amen. We're going to turn in closing to the hymn 560. 560. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. 560, hymn that will reflect upon what we've considered. Take my life, take my time, redeem my time. Let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. We'll stand as we sing, please.
Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank thee for thy word tonight. We pray that each one of us would redeem the time, make use of that time for the Savior, seeking to all that we do. Those outside of the kingdom of God, that thou would draw them to thyself, that they would indeed redeem the time of their lives and make sure that they are with thee in eternity. Lord, we pray that thou would part us with thy blessing. Give us good this week. Give us opportunities to redeem the time, challenge our hearts. Give us that help we need. To do this. And Father, of the God, our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship and communion of God the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.